And what seems like it was many, many, many years ago, I used to work in Grumman. And that was back in the 80s. That's how long ago it was. I am that old. And I remember as I was going through my reversion process, one of the things that I tried to do was put together a prayer group, if you will, during lunch. I was inviting others to, to just sit and pray. We would do a little Bible study. We had, you know, that 40 or so minutes, and we could use that time to just, you know, like build each other up a little bit. And I thought it was a great idea, and quite a few people joined. And there was the one person in the office who was the self-designated agnostic, but really wasn't much of an agnostic. He was more of a nun, N-O-N-E. He was one of those people that really just didn't care, didn't really believe in anything. So I decided to invite him. I thought it would be a really good idea to say to him, you know, like, why don't you just come and be part of it? You don't have to say anything. You can just, you know, just be there with us. And he looked at me and he says, you are so antiquated. Remember the word antiquated. I, I don't know why he picked that. You guys are so antiquated. Nobody needs that stuff anymore. And I looked at him, kind of puzzled, and I said, what do you mean that stuff? Oh, all that belief stuff. You don't need any of that stuff. Don't worry about it. And I said, well, I'm not really worried at all. I, I would like to pray with you. That's all I'm asking you to do. You're wasting your time. If God really did exist, he'd have let us know. And I just kind of giggled. How do you answer that? That's our world. That's our world. You know, it, it's an amazing thing when you really do think about it. We, we, we've had several generations now of all of this seeing. I have to see it myself. I have to see with my own eyes. I have to be able to touch, like the St. Thomas kind of a thing. I have to be able to touch it, otherwise forget it. It's off the list. I'm not, it's just a waste of our time. Now, mind you, this is also an era in which there have been, let's face it, some very, very huge leaps in scientific knowledge. And we have to acknowledge that good that comes out of that. But is it just that alone? And so as I envisioned some of these summer homilies, I started with, as you know, last week or the last couple of weeks, we were doing the hearing part for us as believers to listen and to be listening to the voice of God, hearing God who is still speaking to us, speaking to us in so many ways. But now, what about this half? What about this other part? Well, there's the seeing part of it. If we're listening, are we seeing? And so we, we have to kind of stick with this for a little bit because I think we really truly do live in a generation in which seeing is believing. And if I don't see, I won't believe. And I'm sure you've got plenty of people in your life that are like that. Give me the proof. Let me see. Do it for, demonstrate to me, show me. And even if you give them some of the great theological proofs we have of God's existence, the chip on their shoulder is just so big that no matter what you say, no matter what you do, it just will not resonate. It just will not click. And what I'm going to say is, for those of us who are sitting here, we need to start paying attention a little bit more to what's going on around us. I think we need to start to react a little bit more. So one of the first things that I'd like to point out is that this malaise, this spiritual malaise, has an impact on us. We're surrounded by it. 
we're in conversations a lot of times with people who just either half-heartedly believe or make themselves the self-proclaimed agnostic who really doesn't just believe in anything at all. True agnostic has some level of belief. And then we, now stick with me, we should be the presence of God for them to see. Now, when I say that, I know very well I am a sinner. And so I do make mistakes, and people will pick up on that. And you are sinners too, I presume you recognize that too, right? You, you understand that you, that's why we need confession, and that's why I go to confession. But still, as a sacramental being walking the earth, you are the presence of God in the world to other sacramental beings who've fallen away from the faith. One of the things that has amazed me, of, especially like the last 20 or 30 years, although the, it, it started out slow, like I said, this guy that I used to work with, I think fit into that category. They say that the fastest growing group of religious people are the nuns, N-O-N-E-S, the nuns. Literally, in 2007, there was about 16% in a survey. In 2021, it was up to 29%, practically doubling in less than 20 years. Now, I will be the first to say, the toughest person to talk faith with is the one who doesn't care. And that's one of the nuns. They just don't care. It's not important. You can't show me, I won't believe. Believing is seeing, and seeing is believing. And if you can't demonstrate for me, if you can't show me, well, then I won't believe. Now, today we celebrate the transfiguration. This is kind of one of those things that interrupt the cycle of readings. We were really supposed to hear this weekend the feeding of the 5,000, which I would have thought is a lot easier for me to preach on. But we didn't. We get the transfiguration, which means we jumped well into Matthew's gospel three or four chapters ahead, because in Matthew's gospel, this big event that we just read happens just before Jesus enters into Jerusalem. Now, mind you, these disciples that are walking with Jesus, particularly Peter, James, and John, not to mention all the other apostles, what have they seen 17 chapters into Matthew's gospel? I couldn't even begin to list all of the miracles. The healing of the blind, the healing of lepers, the walking on the water, which we'll hear next week, the, the um, calming of the storm, you know, people being raised from the dead, all of these miracles that they've seen, and yet still there is kind of a sputtering in their faith. They've seen and have trouble believing. They've seen and are still struggling, and Jesus feels obligated to try to edify them in their faith. I've got to give you something because the scandal that you don't want to see is about to happen. And those readings will be coming up when he starts to predict the cross. For you and for me, we could say, if only I could see Jesus transfigured before me. If only I could have a vision of the Blessed Mother. If only I could see that sun spinning in Fatima. If only that miracle happened to me, my faith would be 100% and then there would never be any issues. I beg to disagree. I've experienced plenty of miracles in my life. I've seen Eucharistic miracles. I've seen the sun spin. I have witnessed certain things and I still have to remind myself that's not what my faith rests on. And it didn't for the apostles. 
I, I like watching The Chosen right now because they're putting personalities back into the apostles. He, it's his artistic license. Let's face it, he's, he's picking on things and making up things, and that's artistic license. But what it reminds me is they all had personalities. It wasn't this homogeneous group of believers that gathered around Jesus and right away got it and ran with it. These are people who are struggling with family relationships. These are people who have lost a child, or these are people who have struggled with, and he's kind of putting that into the storyline, which you don't find in the Bible at all. And I think it's our lives that interfere with our faith. And you can see it in the way it's being portrayed. And maybe Dallas Jenkins just has this, this vision, if you will, to portray that, to remind us that we need to believe in the midst of all the storms in our lives, of all the struggles and all the difficulties in our lives, of all the complications of what comes our way. I mean, all of us have had to deal with so many things. We, we see problems in our families. We lose loved ones. We've, you know, we have to deal with addiction problems and all these other things that just pile on our lives that take our vision off of Jesus Christ and make us doubt. Is God really there? I loved the scene when St. Peter started sinking in the sea in The Chosen. If you haven't seen it, it was the last thing right before the end of, the end of season three. He was doubting, and that's why he sunk. And we're going to be hearing that because that's coming up next week. Belief. Belief. Belief has to come first. So I want you to ask yourselves a question for these next three weeks. Belief. Belief. Do I need to see to believe? What do I need to see to believe? What in my life? You know, it's interesting. In Matthew's Gospel now, a couple of times previous to this passage we read, there was a demand for a sign. All of these religious leaders are coming up to Jesus and saying, give us a sign. Nothing will be given you except the sign of Jonah. All right, he just fed 5,000 people. He's going to feed 4,000 people. That's not a sign for you? That's not good enough? Seeing does not always give way to believing. But here's the interesting thing. This transfiguration, if that had happened in front of the 5,000, if that had happened in front of the religious leaders, would they have believed? Or were they so preconceived in their notions that no matter what Jesus did, wasn't going to make a difference. He only took three up the mountain, not the 5,000, not however many of you are sitting here right now. Are there miracles that help us believe? Absolutely. Absolutely. If you have not yet experienced a miracle, maybe work on your faith first, because the way I find in my life, it's that I believe that the miracles are then before my eyes. I see things in ways that I hadn't seen before. One of my professors in the seminary kept talking about the miracle that happened to St. Paul, getting knocked off his horse, which we don't even know if there was a horse, but that's beside the point. St. Paul, after his experience of Jesus, after his faith was bolstered, continued to look at the world through what she called Jesus-colored glasses. We all need to put on those Jesus-colored glasses because when we believe, we will see. When we fail to believe, we will struggle to see what's right in front of us. And so for today, 
you're about to witness the miracle of the Eucharist. Now, I know you come all the time. Some of you are even here every day. But I want you to put those Jesus-colored glasses on today. I want you to look at when I hold that host up, when I hold that chalice up, no longer see that piece of bread, no longer see that chalice of wine. See the body, blood, soul, and divinity. It's a power he granted to our church. It's a power that has been handed down from generation to generation. And it's a power for your faith, for you to believe. So don't go looking for miracles. Put on your Jesus-colored glasses. They happen here every time you come. Whenever you come for a baptism, that child is transformed by the grace of God. Whenever you say a prayer and offer up something for someone else, there will be a miracle that comes of it. I've fasted for people that, that struggled in their faith. I've fasted for them and offered things up, and things happened. They changed. They believed. So let's not live in this generation with a chip on their shoulder that surrounds us and makes us doubt and calls us to say, no, unless, unless Jesus is transfigured right in front of me, I'm out. Unless he walks on the water right in front of me, I'm done. No. When I see with the eyes of faith, when I look through the Jesus-colored glasses, I will see the transfiguration because it will be happening on the altar. I will see Jesus coming to me on the water, even in the storm of my life. If I can remain focused on him, then believing is seeing. Not seeing is believing. And so, yeah, the conversations we have with our nuns' friends, the conversations we have with those somewhat agnostic kind of people will change. Because I'll no longer have to say to them, you just have to believe. Hopefully, my life will speak to them in such a way that they'll see the miracle that they need for their proof. God bless you.